0: Leave continue
1: <laughs> yeah I'm wondering if it's doing that because maybe because you're in Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania is a uh, dual consent state oh. Virginia is only a single consent state so we, all that stuff is very weird to me to think about like would it be illegal to record you without your consent because you're in Pennsylvania but I consented and I'm in Virginia which is a
0: single consent state That is a very interesting question. And I'm sure there are several answers to that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But we know. (laughs) uh, Speaking of recording and sound, uh, since the last time we spoke, I finally watched A Quiet Place 2. Yes, I was actually going to say, Sam, please talk about that because it has been making the news as being a huge blockbuster hit. It is, and I'm not
1: surprised maybe a little because Spiral came out the weekend before and I thought Spiral was going to be the big summer blockbuster hit or first blockbuster hit since the COVID pandemic right but I think Spiral's not doing as well as they had hoped because even though it is a Saw movie it's not being really advertised as a Saw movie yeah um but theater was pretty crowded as crowded as it, as it can be with COVID restrictions still in line and we went at noon on a Saturday Whoa, so not okay. the biggest biggest time um, yeah. but on that note I'll, it seems a lot of people have forgotten how movie theaters work oh god uh, because <laughs> this this is from David's perspective because I went in and got our seats because even though seating is assigned, I don't trust bitches yeah it, <laughs> um and for me personally i found a um grape shot uh <laughs> alcohol a flask type thing lodged in my seat <laughs> oh god i saw that post that
0: you had on like
1: instagram like more power to you because it looks like the bar is closed still <laughs> which is fine
0: yeah
1: um but oh, david funny. got david got into the um well, he sent me a message while he was waiting in line for popcorn. He was like, people have forgotten how theaters work. The woman in front of me is extremely confused about having to pick her seat out before <laughs> going into the theater.
0: Oh, God. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so that, that's a thing. Um, but Quiet Place 2 was good-ish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know you weren't the biggest fan of the original, but I liked <laughs> the original. I yeah. don't think it needed a sequel.
0: Ah, oh, I see.
1: I prefer Cillian Murphy to John Krasinski ah, okay. as the leading actor in this. The only issue with Cillian Murphy is they have been in this a post-apocalyptic society for over a year. And he's supposed to be like this gruff, blue-collar worker man. That's how his character is established early on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I bought that for most of the time he was on the screen because he had a very bushy beard and wore a baseball cap and it didn't really look like Cillian Murphy. But the second that baseball cap left his head, it was just Cillian Murphy with a beard because his hair is just his hair. It's just very nice hair. But yeah, he's always got that signature, perfectly immaculated side part. Yes. It was a weird mix of burly mountain man and then
0: posh British aristocrat in one person. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures and the beard totally does not match the hair at right? all. Right. Looks <laughs> like what the top half of somebody else's head
1: attached to the bottom of somebody else's head. They probably I feel like they should have given him like a perm or something. That would have worked better for me.
0: Yeah, anything that's different from the norm. Yeah. Jeez,
1: but he was very good he was very good the whole cast is pretty good they're probably going to do a third one i would be surprised if they don't especially with how big a success this one is Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: it is if you it is really the first big blockbuster of the summer not after covid we're still in covid wear your mask please (laughs) i don't care what the cdc said um yeah seriously but the first big blockbuster since regal cinemas reopened yeah, AMC is reopened, I believe. I think huh. they reopened long before Regal. Oh but yeah, just, they
0: probably were one of the first but to
1: reopen. I'm happy that a horror movie oh, is yes. the first big blockbuster post- the apocalypse
0: that's what I was gonna say is whenever I was hearing the news about that I was like you know what this this is saying it's saying that people are ready for horror movies again we are ready and we're ready for more horror movies we just eat that shit up
1: I know and there's so many coming out this year we had spiral last weekend which maybe we'll David and I will go see this weekend we'll see oh. our friends are out of town so we have so much free time on our hands nice <laughs> and then um Candyman is finally coming out at some point in the next Uh, few months I don't have the release date in front of me Mm -hmm. and then Halloween 2021 the rest of the world is finally going to get to see it yes (laughs) (laughs) which I'm excited to see all their reactions because they're not going to know what to expect
0: right (laughs) oh my goodness Halloween 2021 on Halloween uh
1: Yeah Uh, but we're we're not here to just talk about A Quiet Place too because I'm the only one who's seen it. We're here (laughs) to talk this
0: week about Army of the Dead. Yes which is another new movie but it's on Netflix. Did that come out in theaters too? It is
1: in select theaters but it is a Netflix exclusive.
0: Yeah when watching it I was like I could see that this would be like a movie to hit theaters for sure. (laughs)
1: Yeah I think I don't it's I don't think it's playing anywhere near me but I probably would have preferred seeing this in theaters.
0: Yeah I would agree with that for sure.
1: sure. (laughs) But uh, Army of the Dead is a 2021 American zombie heist film directed by Zack Snyder from a screenplay he co-wrote with Shay Hatton and Joby herald based on a story he created Uh, snyder conceived the idea for army of the dead as a spiritual successor to his 2004 debut film dawn of the dead Mm. so controversial take um, with everybody uh probably gonna upset zack snyder fans probably gonna accept zack snyder haters but Mm -hmm. i both love and hate his movies Yes. Like um, his DC stuff is not good other than Watchmen. uh, Very controversial take. I firmly believe that at the time Watchmen came out, which was 2010, 2000, early, mid 2000s. 2009. You're so close. (laughs) (laughs) I just knew I couldn't see it in theater. So I had to wait for it to start coming out on HBO and watch it on TV. I think he was the only director who could have brought that film to life at that time. We have a lot Mm -hmm. more directors since then who probably would have done a great job. But at the time there were so many failed attempts at bringing Watchmen to the screen that when Zack Snyder finally did it, it was really good. I know changing the ending is super controversial in the Watchmen fandom. I like the comic ending, I like the movie ending. I think the ending worked really well for the movie whereas the comic ending wouldn't have worked for the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And I think Zack Snyder is at his best when he's doing movies like this
0: mm-hmm.
1: versus the super serious stuff. Like 300 is a gorgeous film. Yeah. I've just never been able to make it all the way through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's Where? too it's too silly. <laughs> and I know you're a fan of Sucker Punch, right? Yeah, that is a Zack, I didn't even realize, but yeah, I really can't help it. I freaking love Sucker Punch. Yeah. For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> is it but, because um, um what's yeah. her name? Emily Brown is super. Uh, Emily Browning and then all the other beautiful girls. Um also uh the dude uh that um everybody loves now. Um uh fucking Oscar Isaac, who's like mm. now in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved him first when he was in Sucker Punch when nobody else liked him. Um ha but Yeah, it looks like he did Suicide Squad, too. Like, that was okay, I guess. Um, Uh,
1: Zack Snyder didn't direct Suicide Squad, but because he is the um, person kind of leading the charge on the DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah. He's a producer on it.
0: Oh. Okay, well, cool. (laughs) And then we got Batman versus Superman, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Mm -hmm. All right, cool
1: but I know people really liked his debut with Dawn of the Dead. So there was a lot of excitement surrounding this movie that he was going back to his roots. Yeah. Um, Which I I haven't seen Dawn of the Dead in years. I remember liking it though.
0: Like I can't remember if I even watched Dawn of the Dead and um, it seems like everything else he's done Like why, why did he like take off from horror? Uh, He looks like he never really went back to that. He's a very,
1: the biggest like pro of a Zack Snyder movie is he's Mm -hmm. very gifted when it comes to um, cinematography and setting up shots. Yeah. So I think he went in the direction of comic book adaptations because of that. Yeah. but I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, cool. He does. I like this movie for for the most part. I think there are some tonal issues with it. It's probably too long. It didn't feel like two and a half hours. I will give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, yeah, but it it's didn't still feel- a two and a half yeah. hour zombie movie. Yeah,
0: Jesus,
1: you could probably cut some stuff down. And I know that that is a big part of Zack Snyder's mo. The director's cut of Watchmen is I just over three hours.
0: Whoa, because
1: <laughs> it is a very faithful adaptation if you watch the director's cut. Okay, but yeah, he, and his his Justice League cut, um, big thing the Snyder cut. Uh, he had to step away from directing for a while to cope with the loss of his daughter who committed suicide um, during the filming of Watchmen and not Watchmen Justice League so uh, Warner Brothers brought in fucking Joss Whedon.
0: (laughs) Um, Joss.
1: (laughs) Yeah Buffy the Vampire Slayer guy kind of a piece of shit. Um, Yeah. And so we all know that the Justice League was a huge flop and finally they caved and with the launch of HBO Max they told Zack Snyder hey we're gonna let you do all your reshoots and let you release your cut of the film Mm -hmm. and that cut is four hours long. Jesus Christ. So that's that's enough. enough. (laughs) I haven't watched it because I'm not into the DC cinematic universe. I'm not even into Marvel anymore. I watched end game and end game is where it ends for me
0: (laughs) yeah that's the that's the conclusion it should be the conclusion you know it's called end game what are all these other
1: movies doing
0: (laughs) you know stop um (laughs) time to do something different guys Let's, let's do something original
1: but yeah, uh, Army of the Dead is a spiritual successor to Dawn of the Dead. Not sure how spiritually connected they are since it has been so long since I've watched Dawn of the Dead. I don't even know if it's streaming anywhere. If it yeah. is, maybe I'll rewatch it. Who knows? Life is unpredictable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I guess let's break it down into acting. Oh, we have, um, what's his face? Dave Batista, yes. Boutista, Batista Batista, who is a wrestler he is also known for playing Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy
0: Batista
1: yeah I really liked uh I really liked
0: his character I thought he it was is
1: good nice because I knew him from the Marvel movies of course and Drax is a very socially awkward character
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I wasn't sure if Dave Batista was actually a good actor
0: yeah. He's actually a really good actor. He, he is. He's not bad. And then I can, I can always appreciate these big dudes that it looks like he was in like, maybe like a, some kids movies and stuff like that. And I can always appreciate stuff like that. So I like to see that.
1: Yeah. Um, and I thought everyone else, there were no bad performances to pick on really for me. Uh, I do want to point out uh, we picked this to open June Pride Month because Tig Nataro is in this movie, and she is a lesbian icon.
0: Yes, and, uh, and she so was fabulous. <laughs> she is,
1: especially in this movie. I loved her in this movie, but she came onto the movie because let's see, mid tw- 2019, the film underwent reshoots. I'm uh, sorry. The film underwent reshoots in September 2020 after several sexual assault allegations were made against cast member Chris D'Elia. He was replaced by Nataro using green screens and CGI. Look. So like <laughs> she replaced an actor. She wasn't even there. She oh my just... god. <laughs> <sighs> Which makes sense. Like she was there. Yeah. But there were a lot of shots that were completely separate from the other actors when she was talking. So I have to give her a lot of credit if she was doing all that against green screens and CGI. Yeah, weird. (laughs) But anyway, good on Zack Snyder for uncasting one piece of shit and recasting a queer icon.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, you might as well just have, you know, a lesbian first pick (laughs) instead of a man. Mm -hmm. You know, we we just need more of that. Yeah. Um, Because it seems like, That guy just caused nothing but
1: trouble on the set. And then we have the girl who plays uh, Dave's daughter. Um, Who is she? Ella Parnell. Yes. She was in, let's see, because she looked familiar and I never looked up what I knew her from. Um, I guess I just recognized her from the trailers of Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which was a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Um. So I guess that's all I
0: recognize her from. Yeah, yeah. And she's in, it looks like maybe she's in a couple shows. She's in a show right now called uh, Sweet Bitter or something like that about working in a restaurant. And I think that's like currently Oh
1: yeah, I see that. I see that advertised to me all the time. It's an IFC original. Ooh. Yeah, very
0: fancy. (laughs) (laughs) That's high class. That's probably a very dramatic show. (laughs) Probably worth a watch. I would hope so. Absolutely. Um, but cool yeah she was really uh, um pretty and she actually did she actually had a really great performance um in my opinion She did um like a I said I don't
1: I don't have anything to say bad about the acting I thought they all did great but because I think this movie could have been cut down you yeah. definitely could have cut down on a lot of the actors in their own subplots
0: Yeah, there were a lot of people, and um, there was a lot of time, and we kind of got a little bit of their backstory, but Mm -hmm. not too much exposition. Um, Who is he? I like him because he was in Raising Hope
1: and another movie that makes me cry. Garrett uh, Dillahunt, he was in Raising Hope. I liked him, and I was excited to see him, but his character just wasn't needed because his story ultimately didn't go anywhere. He was like the commander who was scared of the zombie tiger, which there's a fucking zombie tiger in this movie. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> zombie tiger. Um, but he beheads the queen of the zombies and that yeah. doesn't really go anywhere other than it makes the rest of the zombies really angry. But I think you could have done that with any of
0: the other characters, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It seems like they needed somebody expendable who was like the person who was actually the double crosser because you always need one of those if you're going to do a heist movie. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Expendable is exactly what a lot of these characters are.
0: Yes. Uh, Yes, they are. Because you know what? Not a lot of them make it out alive. Yeah. And really all you need
1: for this zombie heist movie, you can have all these background characters, but they don't all need their own little things that they're doing. Because the heart of the story is obviously uh, Dave Bautista and his daughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that was the most important story to Zach, maybe, after what happened with his daughter. Because that seems to be the story with the most thought put into it and the most heart. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, I did like how the dad's dream after the heist was for her to go to college and he was gonna start an artisan uh, grilled cheese food truck.
0: Yeah, exactly. Very, very relatable. Yeah, and it's because I guess he just like took up being a cook, um, you know, in that diner and Mm -hmm. he must really like being a cook there. So that's cool.
1: Yeah, so. You got any particular thoughts about the acting and performances, characters?
0: Everybody, yeah, like there, I don't have any um, specific complaints. I'm trying to think about, there, I feel like there was, at the end of the day, maybe too many characters here because they, like whenever you start off a movie like this with like maybe 12 people, that's <laughs> like, we had like so many people, you know that a lot of them are gonna die. And then we have like maybe four characters that we're kind of still rooting for. So maybe if we just had like a tight group of four people, four or five, that would have been better. Everybody did have their own like um, personality and I could appreciate that. That stood apart from each other. Even like the uh, like rapey guy, (laughs) like they they all stuck to their character. Nobody was flat. So I I, I actually don't have any complaints about the acting. Everyone did a good job. Like the only
1: expendable character should have been the rapey guy because from the moment you see him on screen for the first time you want him to get thrown into a pit to be torn apart by hundreds of zombies because he's just fucking obnoxious
0: yeah and he just has like that look about him and you're just like oh I just want to like punch him in the face um and like what what the heck even ended up happening with him he just was a zombie and like that's it yeah
1: that's did about they it. even
0: did they even kill him as a zombie or just like he was just a zombie I can't remember. I think he was just a zombie. If he wasn't just completely devoured. <laughs> yeah, they the the like big alpha zombie turned him into an alpha zombie too, and mm-hmm. that was that. But that's like that. That'll be like up for discussion for I guess story.
1: Yeah, so we can just <laughs> go ahead and move into that. And I'll we I will say that I loved the opening of this movie.
0: Yeah that that was my favorite part actually. I
1: wish it had kept that tone the entire time because there are moments where it does get a little too serious. (laughs) Just a little too serious, a little too slow Mm -hmm. but this beginning really set my expectations high because you have the zombie outbreak starting because a man and a woman eloped in Vegas And she's giving him a blowjob from the passenger seat and he loses control of the car and crashes into a military convoy and releases the zombies upon New
0: York, uh, Las Vegas. New York. (laughs) Sorry, New York. You're just always the place where all the bad stuff happens. Anyway, Las Vegas, yeah. (laughs) Which was just great. And then you have this whole fucking
1: gory ass opening with the military coming in and blasting all the zombies to
0: pieces. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's actually excellent. And then the way it was um, put together, this is just a note for um, production, but just the uh, how he works with his music um, mm-hmm. and overlays that on his cuts. It's actually really um, it's really exciting to watch. So yeah. that's one thing he does do well with his music and his shots.
1: And I can see where, if you're not a Zack Snyder fan, his music choices get a little pretentious and annoying. I know the biggest (laughs) meme people do on Zack Snyder is from Watchmen when Night Owl and Silk Spectra bang in the owl mobile. Mm -hmm. And it's to a cover of (laughs) Hallelujah, by oh my god leonard uh cohen and then the man had the gall to use the exact same song in his first justice league trailer when they my announced god. the snyder cut i was like come on bro
0: yeah it's like come on why don't you find a different cover but i i enjoy the music choices for this yeah because you know it was a cover of viva las vegas and in the yeah. intro, but it was actually a pretty cool cover it was
1: and um, this is the second zombie movie in my life that I've seen set in Las Vegas. Okay. The, What's another one? The first being Resident Evil Retribution. Oh, okay. I think it's, apocaly- it's Resident Evil, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Retribution. The third one in the Resident Evil series okay. is, or is it the third one? I think it's the third one is it the third one god damn how many fuck it's the third one I'm gonna say it's the third one that one is set in Las Vegas but it's not really set in Las Vegas because Mm -hmm. it's a plot point that with all the people gone there was no one to push the sand away so now Las Vegas was pretty much just a desert with some buildings
0: (laughs) push the sand away (laughs) that is something that
1: you have to consider (laughs) yeah so it was really cool that this more so, embrace the Las Vegas setting. Yeah, I just don't think it was campy enough.
0: Yeah, I agree, mm-hmm. and it, it's cool that it w- it was different. Yeah, because of Las Vegas, the location. You're right; it wasn't Las Vegasy enough for me.
1: <laughs> we we had some really good Las Vegas moments where they finally activate the power in the casino to pull mm-hmm. off the heist.
0: Yeah, and
1: so you have all those bright neon lights, and that that's what I want. From a Las Vegas setting yeah. is all the neon lights still working and just Las Vegas is the campiest place on earth. You gotta you
0: gotta yeah. embrace that, Zack Snyder. Exactly. And that's maybe like one of the pitfalls of this movie is if you want the movie to look like how this movie cover looks, it's not the same at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the movie cover right now on Wikipedia <laughs> because this movie's
1: two and a half hours long and I need to refresh my memory from watching it three hours
0: ago. Right, yeah, but there's none of that happening.
1: Yeah, Yeah, looking at this Army of the Dead poster, one, I would never guess it's a Zack Snyder film. Two, it is so bright and colorful, I'm expecting a full-on horror comedy. And we did get
0: a lot of horror comedy elements in this. Mm -hmm.
1: We did. But not enough. Not
0: enough. I mean, I feel like, thank goodness for Tig Navarro, because she is a comedian as well Mm -hmm. and so whenever she spoke she has this inflection and it makes everything she says really funny Mm -hmm. but like that's it nobody else is trying to be funny nobody else has the jokes um you know some people utilize their characters of being like you know pissed off or like annoyed and then we have like the the, um safe cracker guy and they try to make him like eccentric but it's not it's not funny um where it should be it kind of tries a little bit too hard and kind of doesn't work out mm-hmm,
1: exactly and that's that's probably something they could have fixed in editing while they're cutting out an hour of this movie just <laughs> leave all the tick our stuff right <laughs> zombie outbreak happens and I think the zombie outbreak has actually been contained in Las Vegas yeah which is cool mm-hmm. um The military is actually doing their job this time. Unlike they did with COVID.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) In keeping people in their homes and out of the infection zone, Mm -hmm. which they really should have done during COVID. Like I was really looking forward to martial law and having to put my grocery list on my front door. So a military guy could go to food lion for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it would have
0: worked. Right. I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh,
1: so they get hired by this guy to go steal some money from a casino because no one's in Vegas anymore who that money is just sitting
0: there free for mm-hmm. the taking. Yes. Um, but we have a little bit of some urgency because in a few in a few days time, they're going to nuke the city with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> Yes. So that kind of throws a wrench in things and gives you the sense of urgency that they have to get in and get out really fast.
1: So Dave puts together this ultimate crew of badass soldiers <laughs> yeah. and mercenaries. Excuse me. To, and take that money. They put that team together and his daughter finds out that one of her friends. I think uh, it's someone, just her someone, friend. Yeah. Yeah. Someone <laughs> she knows from the refugee camp that she's volunteering in um, was taken into Las Vegas and Kate demands to go into Vegas so she can find her friend because her friend has two kids waiting at the camp they don't know what happened to her so her dad agrees and the bulk of the movie starts and by this point I hadn't even realized like 45 minutes had passed so I really got to hand it to the writers of this film and Zack Snyder for really making it bop bop bop.
0: Yeah, because we do get the um, introduction of, like, all the individuals when they're trying to search for their team members. And that's actually a really fun part to kind of, like, get to know uh, who these people are and why they're important to this Mm -hmm. dream team here.
1: Yeah. And once they enter Vegas, we're introduced Mm -hmm. to the zombie tiger, which is really fucking cool. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't even think Resident Evil in any of the versions of the game embraced zombie animals they tried Mm -hmm. in I believe both Resident Evil 3 and Resident Evil Outbreak I think they tried to enter in the mechanics for zombie animals because there's a zoo segment in Mm -hmm. Outbreak at least okay we don't we get zombie dogs but we've never seen like a fucking zombie tiger before
0: yeah and I guess that kind of a thing is a little bit Las Vegasy because of like the shows and like she mentioned that it was a Siegfried and Roy tiger um, and stuff so that's pretty cool that's that's it
1: <laughs> why would it be a Siegfried and Roy tiger they haven't performed in like 30 years well take it up with whoever wrote that line because that's what I, she said <laughs> I will take it up I, I will add
0: Zack Snyder myself yeah because she said that and I was like huh I guess it's been a, been a while um, since that happened, but okay. Maybe the show is still under their name, but new individuals are doing like the tricks. Who knows, man? I don't know. I haven't been to Vegas.
1: <laughs> the zombie, they use the douchebag, rapey security guard from the refugee camp as a sacrifice to the zombies, which is kind of a cool concept. These are yeah. on the intelligent side of zombies. Right. in pop culture which is yeah. neat so I guess giving them a sacrifice allows them to more or less roam Vegas freely
0: yeah or I guess pass through something like that yeah which is which is kind of cool yeah um, yeah yeah it's pretty different and they have like this uh way of communicating by like screeching and roaring but it's how mm-hmm. they're communicating instead of just like Walking around pretty slow. They were actually pretty fast too,
1: Zombies. And then the rest of the movie is really just them trying to get the money.
0: Yeah.
1: Which they don't end up getting because (laughs) you never do. Yeah, of course not. Except for Dave, who happened to steal a decent stack of cash before spoiler alert, he fights the Alpha on the helicopter as they're trying to escape the missile, Mm -hmm. and the Alpha bites him and turns him into a zombie, and he gives like, uh, probably like $20,000 to his daughter and tells yes. her to help the kids in the refugee camps. Exactly. And it ends with her, it doesn't end, but she shoots him in the head, and then it actually ends with a guy who we thought died in the explosion uh, getting out, but oh no, he finds out on his private jet about to land in New Mexico that he's also infected with the zombie virus yeah
0: and I have some things to say about a couple instances in this movie just like that one uh it made me think of this uh whenever we mention what happens right at the very end when I-, I would like to say he's like my favorite character um this guy what is his name um he is kind of like the man with a huge like miter saw tool yeah <laughs> great weapon yeah great weapon and also uh, he- he's played by Omari Hardwick yeah, I, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving this guy. Um, and uh, he is actually like, he's like a physical therapist by day, which is fabulous. But at the end, I totally, I totally forgot that he got locked in the safe for safety um, while everybody else kind of died. But I need to uh, make clear that whenever he somehow escapes the safe and comes out from like under the ground from like a some type of underground tunnel thing, he escapes and then he's in like the he's in like the radioactive zone um because Mm. a nuke totally drops I was like whenever you do a nuclear bomb isn't there like this huge like radioactive area where like if you go there you can get really sick
1: yeah Um, (laughs) yeah you still can't go into Chernobyl well you can but you can't be there for very long because the radiation is still extremely strong
0: High, yeah dude and um That is like, yeah, like almost the same thing. But whenever you're doing the nuclear bomb, even um, Batista and his daughter were like right outside of the place when it happened. I was like, you guys would have gotten your like skin blown off and your eyeballs would have melted and all of these things that happen when you're within that, like if you're within sight of the mushroom cloud, you know that's another thing. um th- there's just a couple things that are left unanswered and one he had this huge opportunity with a nuclear weapon and he did not take hold of like the idea of radiation radioactive zombies anything like that. Mm-hmm. um Whenever we see um, the miter saw guy come out of the ground, and then he goes to Utah, gets the jet, and then we find out he's bitten, and then he's like, fuck. But then the movie ends. So I thought that he was really going to go get revenge as a zombie on that Asian guy who hired them. (laughs) You know, Uh, like, I, I really... That would be a good ending. That's honestly where I thought he was going with the plane, but he was just going to Mexico city for no reason. Um, you know, like I know he had a lot of money, but doesn't he want to find his friends and see if they're alive? Cause Batista's mm-hmm. daughter apparently is all, all of these things. And it kind of left this dude hanging with a bite. Does that mean he's going to spread the zombie thing out? Cause he's on the plane.
1: Yeah. I think that's the implication is yeah. that he's infected and now Those virus is going to spread even though the U.S. did all it could to prevent that from happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. Unless he does the honorable thing and kills himself. But, um, (laughs) like, I feel like we could have had that zombie bite and get given an extra 15 minutes and had him, like, you know, have it show him go, like, get that guy that hired him. Because, we never know what happens with the guy that hired him either. Like we see that he is in his office, but it seems like he really doesn't give a fuck about getting or not getting the money, getting or not getting the zombie heads. So and it's like, what was the point of all of this? If there's no percussions, there's no sense of urgency other than the new happening. And that didn't even seem to matter all that much. So just a yeah. couple things, a couple big things that kind of like were dead ends uh, that were never wrapped up in the movie. I
1: kind of wonder,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so they get the note, they get the notice that they have like 90 minutes before the nuclear yeah. bomb comes off, uh, goes off, uh, yeah. segueing into production. I wonder I'd, uh, if um, the rest of the movie from that point is actually in real time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's something I should check. You get, there's a pretty, oh. there's probably a good, um, when she says we have nine minutes before it hits, yeah, That would probably be the best way to uh, see if it's more or less in real time.
0: Right. If it's actually nine minutes from when you says that to whenever the bomb goes off, yeah. that is a very interesting point. And if that does happen, that's actually pretty cool yeah. and clever.
1: <laughs> from my own writing experience doing a play set on New Year's Eve, I was very careful not to mention any times <laughs> yes. or amount of times.
0: Right. That's a good idea. So. <laughs>
1: It would be cool if it's actually done in real time the rest yeah. of the way. The biggest thing regarding production we should talk about, uh, yeah. because this is a horror podcast, is the gore in this yes. movie. Yes, but
0: let's The talk gore
1: was excellent.
0: Yes, it was really, really excellent um, because we had a great balance of CGI and practical effects, um, FX makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best example of that would be whenever that guy just like the old white man who took her head. I'm just going to call him that. Yes. Um, he gets mauled by the zombie tiger. And so we see an excellent combination of his face getting mauled and then FX makeup on his face and then his head getting eaten, which mm-hmm. was, that's when we saw the CGI and yeah. it was pretty seamless. So that was, we, lo- we love to see that here. <laughs>
1: on this I will podcast. say the CGI tiger was a little iffy for me. it was a little yeah it was too
0: much uh, of looking at the zombie tiger instead of it running around like let's not zoom in on the details I know it's not real
1: (laughs) yeah it was a little too like the best way I can describe it is shiny
0: for me yeah it was too digital
1: (laughs) yeah they should have put like maybe a filter over it like a film grain because it was just so Mm
0: -hmm. HD looking it really was and I was like well like it's CGI has come so far, but I was like, just try to trick me into thinking that like <laughs> you it's had, real. yeah, it's real. Exactly. trick That's me into thinking trying- that yeah. you put zombie makeup on a real tiger. Yes, exactly. That's what we want to see here. Which I'm but wondering if- yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly how the behavior of a zombie tiger differs from that of a real tiger because
0: it didn't seem to differ that much. Yeah. It just seemed like pretty territorial. And then it attacked uh, that guy. Um, yeah and that's what I guess uh, what would happen with a tiger if you came at it
1: that's exactly what would happen with a tiger um one of my favorite gore moments because I didn't even realize it fucking happened I had to rewind and look at it again (laughs) was when I guess she was the love interest of Dave uh oh yeah they're about to go find his daughter and the zombie just breaks her neck and oh yeah and her head twisted all the way around her, to her back her head twisted <laughs> all the way around and then her spine was poking through her shoulder yes. I thought that was great and it completely went over my head and I just noticed like her spine was sticking out I'm like the fuck did that what you're
0: like what the fuck then, happened so I went <laughs> back and yeah. I was like oh fuck oh shit it got her um yeah and that's actually really cool too because I um I'm glad that they brought out those details because whenever, whenever you're watching a show like the Vampire Diaries where all people do all day to kill each other is break neck and you Mm -hmm. do not see the spine sticking out, it's good to say, Hey, that's probably, that might be something that would actually happen. If you use enough force, (laughs) like the force of a vampire. Yeah. Or the force of an alpha zombie, you know what I mean? You have like super strength. So that was just a
1: very nice little detail they had. I liked the part in the beginning where one of the uh, army members was blasting at a
0: zombie with a uh, gatling gun. It just disintegrated (laughs) into
1: cuts and flesh. Yeah
0: the zombie was it like the zombie that was standing and she every like shot she took like took a piece off of it and it was like going down to its legs. Yeah that was actually really cool.
1: So Different. That's why I love the beginning so much because the beginning really oh, delivered. So well. It yeah. delivered on the campiness
0: I wanted out of this movie. Yeah, because whatever you're about to sit down to a movie and you have this expectation, it's like okay, it's gonna be three hours long. It's gonna be set in Vegas. It's about zombies. It's a heist, you know. So we're already anticipating this huge level of violence to be over the top. And that is how this intro is, and it's um, uh, it's just really good. I love whenever people take what they can use and go above and beyond with every single cent of the money mm-hmm. for CGI, practical effects, bullets, guns, whatever you need, um, and just freaking use it to the last drop. Um, that's what I love to see. Um, mm mm-hmm. And they, they were able to actually kind of keep up with its, the movie kept up with itself, um, it you know, because it really hit its violent peak there at the beginning, but it still didn't falter and it didn't like lose its luster at any point regarding the violence oh, yeah. or the gore.
1: Yeah, and we, uh, we've we watched movies shorter than this that I felt just dragged on longer. Oh yeah, but oh yeah. They, they really use their screen time well mm-hmm. and it's just, Zack Snyder needs to start making shorter films.
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel like um he could make a, he could be fine making a shorter film. I feel like whenever you're a creator, you're worried you're not gonna like get enough stuff in and you're like, uh-oh, if I cut that, then, you know, the viewer will get confused or I won't have this message provided for the viewer. It's like, uh, we can kind of discern what's gonna happen if you cut out 30 yeah. minutes, you know, just even just two hours <laughs> would,
1: yeah. would be and- fine. I'm wondering if that's just going to be the thing we see Zack Snyder get away with for the foreseeable future because nice. of him kind of being screwed over by Warner Brothers and then the power of his fan base getting the fucking Snyder Cut made. Like, it doesn't matter if the Snyder Cut was good or bad. That's just your opinion. I think the true power is that it was able to be made and released Right. Like, that's all the fandom wanted. They did. I don't think they cared if it was a masterpiece or not. They wanted his artistic integrity to be respected. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I feel like film studios are going to let Zack Snyder do what he wants, which terrifies me because he's allegedly working on a film adaptation of The Fountainhead
0: by Ayn Rand. Yeah. I'm actually looking at that right now because I was on Zack Snyder's IMDB and Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, what's the fountainhead that says like, yeah, future adaptation of Ayn Rand's novel. (laughs) So it could be worse. It's not
1: Atlas Shrugged. Um, I've read the three main Ayn Rand novels, We the Living, The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged. Um, uh, because I wanted my high school boyfriend to love me. (laughs) Um, um, in the Fountainhead, I think, I really like it as a novel. Um, trigger warning, Ayn Rand has a bit of a rape fetish that is a common theme in really? her novels.
0: Interesting. Like
1: in both Fountainhead <laughs> and Atlas yeah. Shrugged, her lead female character's first sexual experience was was rape, was rape? Oh, and geez. but they weren't like,
0: <laughs> it was rape, but they liked it. I see they're just confused and just were like well this is the way it feels to be loved okay and then um we the living is more
1: (laughs) autobiographical
0: autobiographical yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) no
1: problem Um, I can't say that (laughs) word yes (laughs) yes
0: um and
1: there is there's even a moment in that book where <laughs> Ayn Rand, who's pretty much the main character, um, <laughs> the love interest just walks up to her and lifts up her skirt because he thinks she's a prostitute. <laughs> I'm
0: like, sorry, listeners, if this is actually triggering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's gotta be said. Yeah. Uh, I haven't but, read any Ayn Rand novels, so now I'm gonna have to read them. So I'm I, I understand.
1: I, Fountainhead is good. Um okay, excellent. Like, I'll start there. I, I genuinely think that's a good novel. Um it's just hard to get around her politics because she's very libertarian, very objectivist. Okay. And um, usually assholes read her work. But yeah. I do I do recommend <laughs> reading her work at least once so you at least understand you it. Mean. You're not just listening to other people analyzing her work. You're able to analyze it yourself.
0: Yeah, say, it looks like I it was written. That, yeah.
1: I will say that about every author ever is <laughs> read the work yourself don't just
0: listen to what other people are saying because it's good to form your own opinion on things exactly and it looks like this novel is written in what ni- 1949 is that right yes Very old oh my goodness so, so definitely uh probably quite a different read there yeah I
1: always <laughs> say that I enjoy We the Living because it's mm-hmm. her shortest novel and it's also the most revealing into who she was as a person and oh. it explains like why she's so anti-socialist anti-communist because she is russian her family lost everything in the Mm -hmm. communist takeover of russia so it explains it it does not justify her shittiness (laughs) and uh, her cult-like fandom Uh, but anyway uh zack snyder's next big movie possibly is of the fountainhead i am interested to see how that turns out the atlas shrugged movie adaptations we're trash.
0: I see. Excellent. <laughs> because
1: Atlas Shrugged is a fucking trash novel. <laughs> is Atlas the name of a character? No, Atlas Shrugged refers to uh the Greek myth of Atlas who carries the world on his shoulders.
0: I see. So the How idea. Clever.
1: The <laughs> idea of Atlas Shrugging essentially means the world earthquake. gets shaken up.
0: <laughs> yeah, earthquake, right?
1: <laughs> but that wow. novel is eleven hundred and sixty five pages. Wow. Jesus Christ. I read, I read it all. Oh. One of the chapters is literally 70 pages of the main character John Galt explaining what objectivism is. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. And writers. Fountainhead has the same issue but it's only like a 40 page
0: mm. explanation. Okay that's and, um, a little bit better.
1: Yeah. And I I say, read the Fountainhead because it does get you in the headset of where a lot of conservatives and libertarians are coming from. Um, Objectivism is the belief that selfishness is the key to solving the world's problems. Of course it is. I'm bastardizing it. Other people can explain it better than me. It's been years since I've read her.
0: I just, yeah. I didn't hate the Fountainhead. It was okay. Okay, excellent. But yeah, you're right. I feel like she does have this cult following and I was hear, hear oh. people talk about that. I'm like, what what is the big deal? Like, I guess I should read it.
1: Yeah. Once. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that was kind of my mindset with it. Yeah. Um, less so that, more so my high school boyfriend got me Atlas Shrugged for Christmas. Uh, so you felt obligated to read it anyway? Obligated. Um. Yeah. Probably a red flag, to be honest. <laughs> weird
0: actually, because it is you said it's all very rapey. So yeah. kind of <laughs> weird shit is that? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Dude, um, what happened to him? But anyway.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Well, good. Yeah. We don't, don't need know. to know. Um so yeah, uh, Zach Snyder working on Fountainhead adaptation. Uh sorry for the Ayn Rand talk.
0: Um, how long do you think the movie would be if he made it if it was like available soon if you he's had to be loyal
1: i think it would be another like three hour movie like Three hour? <laughs>
0: excellent howard rourke
1: laughed that's the opening line of the novel uh so excellent i i liked a lot of army of the dead um yeah i wish it was more campy i wish the whole movie was more like the opening segment
0: me too I wish the whole thing was like just like that
1: yeah like I like the heart of it which was the father-daughter relationship so those parts were fine it's just it's so serious most of the time and then when the campiness bits happen there is a tonal shift that doesn't really work for me but overall if you're into Zack Snyder if you're into zombie movies you'll probably like it so I'll give it an ah yeah this fucked me up
0: I oh, yeah, this fuck me up only because the the one redeeming thing that's teetering it off of meth for me would be the violence and the gore dude yeah because if and that Tig. wasn't there it would just not be enough for me yeah. <laughs> and Tig Tig was great oh my god so my favorite line of the whole movie was when she comes out and sees the helicopter because she is actually the helicopter pilot which is super cool And she sees this helicopter and she's like, talking about how it's like such a piece of shit. And she's like, they spend all this money on the model because the Asian man who hired them has this big like clay model of the building and the helicopter. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, the way that she um, delivered the line, I just cracked up, (laughs) the best thing. Best funniest line in the movie, in my opinion. She was wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, in the beginning, she's like, dislike my life so much that 10 million dollars would greatly like would make my life so much better but like that's the realest shit because people are like money can't buy you happiness but like it sure could
1: yeah it it
0: might not buy happiness
1: but it's gonna it's gonna help a lot it'll reduce my stress it'll reduce
0: your stress and put you in a better situation um living situation for sure
1: (laughs) but uh realistic aspects I guess um wow quarantine (laughs) yeah quarantine
0: zone um being in a refugee camp yeah and one of the guys being like a rapist because she like the girl calls him a rapist and I was like oh my god like she was like really get like going hard and then she was like you fucking rapist and I was like oh wow he really has done it all so that um having to kill a member of your family because they've turned into a zombie. I'm sure that's always yep. difficult.
1: Yeah. That's probably got to be the most traumatizing part of a zombie <laughs> outbreak is when you have to, it's when you're going to have to kill Luke because he got bit by
0: a zombie. Yeah. And like, yeah, I had to make the decision. Uh, like, do you let him be a zombie or do you mercy kill him? Um, you know, which will you choose? Are you going to be selfish or selfless? So hard to choose, but yeah. that's and and like, what will that death, disrupt your entire relationship with somebody else in your family <laughs> um, and you try to make it up at the last minute but it's too late because now you're a zombie so it's just this whole snowball effect that happens when there's zombies involved
1: and you know from the zombie perspective I guess finding your wife's decapitated head in a duffel bag and then watching it be thrown off the edge oh. of the building
0: yeah that um you know what it's actually so funny because when I was watching the movie I was like uh I was looking up everybody who played everybody and I looked up the girl who played the zombie queen and she's just like a stunt woman mm-hmm. and I now I follow her on Instagram I think it's super cool to follow some stunt people yeah um and uh, I was like oh well she she looks like a dancer and like but is totally into horror so I was like mm-hmm. cool I'll follow her um
1: I actually really like that scene where yeah. the one woman was holding her head so the two could escape. Yes. And, uh, but the alpha zombie still like speared her. So she tossed the oh. head over the edge of the building. I was like,
0: good for you. I know. Yeah. She dropped it. Like, she's like, oh, I got it. And then she's dropped it. And I was like, nice. Um, yeah. So a lot of like clever moments like that, that you're glad they actually took advantage of what should be done if that situation actually occurred in real life? Uh, what else is realistic? I guess wanting to have like a food truck, um, you know, having this dream of a food truck and then it never happening. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, dropping a nuke on a city to make sure all the zombies die. Um, yeah, just just actually. Turning the news on and having a nuke countdown would be unsettling. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then I am... oh, um <laughs> the army being so dumb that they didn't notice that there was a car oncoming and they didn't swerve so that an accident happened um and a zombie was released because of yeah. car. Listen.
1: <laughs> if your partner cannot focus on the road while you're performing oral sex on them, then over. you should not be
0: performing oral sex on them. <laughs> yes, you should not. Or you should pull over if you just, like, are in the moment. Yeah. Um, also, if you're driving in a convoy and someone hits your, con- your army convoy with their little, like, you know, car, their little compact car, The car should just be disintegrated and your convoy should be okay. It shouldn't like disrupt all nine Humvees Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it did. Totally not going to actually happen. You shouldn't drive around a zombie in case of an accident. You know, maybe a ship or aircraft would be better. The army has a lot of really intense aircraft that carries very, very sensitive items. Maybe that would have been better in the air, but... Whatever you have to do, as Sam says, to have the um, inciting incident happen. So I don't think there's any more realistic aspects. I don't think so. Yeah. Be yeah. Every like, obviously, every you could say everything in the movie, but it's not too realistic if you think about it. So <laughs> not too too much. But yeah, I give it a. Oh yeah, that fucked me up just yeah. like Sam said. Yeah, it was fun enough. It is fun enough. It's a good one. It's and it's it is long, but it's it, it works. Yeah. Um. In that time frame, so I'm it, actually it doesn't feel chased. long. It do, it really doesn't actually. Um. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, it is worth the watch just to see that intro. Oh, that <laughs> so intro cool. so good. It is. I like it. Up. Oh. I think that's all I have to say about that, Sam. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, are you ready for some outro notes? I think I'm ready for some outro notes. I think I'm getting ready for some outro notes here. Okay, let's do it. Um, Cool. So Real Horrorship was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. And today, what, what did we learn today? I guess you said it whenever you said if you can't perform oral sex on your partner while he's driving, then they shouldn't be driving. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Also, uh, I guess read Ayn Rand if you want to form your own opinions on her. Uh, But unless you're like into literature, if you want to call Ayn Rand literature. politics, (laughs) Or politics, <laughs> then it's probably not for you.
0: Right, right. So always, um, always read something instead of just believing the, the bookstagrammers or, you know, booktubers yeah. or who, you know, who, whatever's cool these days, the book TikTok people on the TikTok.
1: Valid criticisms. Yes. But it's more fun if you're able to form your own valid criticism instead of echoing someone else's.
0: Yes, because at that point you can say, ah, oh, I totally agreed with this, this, this. However, I disagree with this, so it's actually that's what we call critical thinking. Um, but anyway, aside from all that, like what you hear, you can find Real Horror Show on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Stitcher, iTunes, and Pandora. Pandora, really? yeah, Pandora. Oh my gosh, like that's pretty. Yeah, cool. we're actually doing very well on Pandora. Are we really not do, like brag. listeners? Yeah, do you still like like? rev up the Pandora when you're at work like that's awesome that yeah. <laughs> everybody did Spotify these days Good for you but listen man I used to like <laughs> I used to only listen to Google Play Music which was so lame <laughs> <laughs> now I finally am on the boat of Spotify and I'm good there um <clears throat> but anyway Pandora if you love that um but do you really really like what you hear then you can follow us on twitter at horror show pod or search for real horror show on twitter uh follow us on facebook at real horror show like our page and share our stuff we also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found realhorrorshow.com um Want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Submissions are open and they always will be open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. We love horror and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wishlist. If you feel like buying us something tangible will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, you can find the buy us a coffee button on our website. It's a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. And any other pertinent news to share? Not off the top of my head. I don't think so. Enjoy the warming up of the weather, everybody. Summer's almost here, officially. Yay, <laughs> yay. yay. Um, our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. Thank you, fuck off, and have a swell evening. And this is Real Horror Show signing off. Bye. Bye-bye. And creepy doll that always follows